I'm Sean. And I'm Alex. <laughs> and, and that's, that's Grayson. Grayson. And this is Autism Building the Puzzle. One piece at a time. Hello and welcome to Autism Building the Puzzle, one piece at a time. My name is Alex and with me is my husband, Sean. Hey, what's up, babe? How hey. are you? Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm excited. So excited. Yes. Last episode we were frantic. We were, we were, and we're feeling much better. We think we figured everything out. Yeah. While it wasn't an easy decision, we decided to just go with one dog. Um, I think it's best for us right now, our living arrangement, and just with Grayson. Um, I'm just too worried of, you know, if he's having a behavioral issue of having a problem. So we were only going with the one. We decided to go with Savina and not Murphy, you know, and it was really, really, really a hard decision. Um, however, you know, the woman is probably going to keep Murphy, and, you know, I, I couldn't be happier about that. I'm actually happier she's going to keep him and he's not going to go to a different home. Um, and, you know, you never know what could happen. Like Sean said, if he's meant to be ours, one day he'll come back, and you just never know. So. Yeah, and yeah, it's nice to know that, like, since we're not going to have him, like, we were, even though we hadn't met him yet, we did feel a really strong bond and connection with him. Yeah. And it's nice to know that, like, we could always, like, randomly message the breeder and, you know, see how he's doing. Yeah. S- you know, ask maybe for a picture. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, it, you kind of felt like, you you know, almost like you lost something, you know. Lost I do, and I still you know I mean? feel like a, a connection so it's, it's with him, and it's it's very, very difficult. It's, I don't know, I, feel, I do feel a strong connection with him. Um, it's it's something I just can't even explain. And I still feel that, and that's that's what makes it even more difficult, but... You know, could I regret this? Could I be making a mistake? Yeah, possibly. But I could also be making a really good decision. And we would have had our work cut out for us. And I think after just losing our dog, I don't know if we should be stepping into something so difficult. I think we really need... The reason we were getting another dog so soon was because we wanted to bring that joy back in. We didn't want to bring stress in, though. Yeah. Um, and that was what we were looking for. Our hearts were shattered from losing Savannah, and we were, you know, we were really looking forward to getting a new puppy, and that was the whole thing. I wanted it to be joyful, and I had said to Sean, you know, yesterday, it's getting too stressful to the point where this is a problem. This means we shouldn't be doing it, and it was a tough call to make. I literally cried all night and all day today, um, all morning, and... You know, I just, I had to make a smart decision. So I had to listen to my head and not my heart. And that's what I did, as hard as it is. So let's get into it, though. Today, what we're going to be talking about is we're going to kind of be, like, reiterating some things about ABA and talking a little bit more about it. So yeah, just giving you kind of like an uh, overview refresher Yeah. Um, on ABA. Yeah, especially so, for our new followers out there. Yeah. Um, so... We always call it ABA, and, you know, obviously people get tripped up with all the abbreviations in the world of autism, so it actually stands for Applied Behavior Analysis, Mm -hmm. 
Um, it is, uh, you know, a lot of most doctors and scientists feel it's the only legitimately data proven, researched um, therapy that's proven for autism. Right. Um, you know, if you talk to a lot of other people like biomedical doctors and um, nutritionists and all different things, people like that, they, um, or stem cell, you know, that's another th- way that people go about things, treatments and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of them will talk about the positive results they have, but I think the reason ABA is held so highly as, like, the gold standard of treatments for for uh autism spectrum disorder is because of the amount of research and the amount of data right. that they, they have. I mean, they have like, what, like 50 years worth of data of how yeah. well the results have been from, you know, that intervention. Um, whereas the other ones may have been successful, but it doesn't have the same kind of data supporting it. You know? No, and you're right. A- ABA goes back, you know, a while ago. The 60s. Yeah, I mean, that was like the first... I would say that's probably one of the first really therapies, right? Yeah. Um, the the, the kind of like founder of, um, you know, modern day ABA therapy is Ivar Lovos. Dr. Ivar Lovos. Um, um, and he basically kind of... He, he was kind of like the one that really started the whole idea of behavior modification and the concepts and theories behind it. And this doesn't just go for ABA. I mean, that's what he focused on, but, like, a lot of psychology topics, like, and theories and stuff like that are kind of based on that behavior modification right? like, concept. I mean, even if you talk to, like, certain, like, experience like CBT therapists mm-hmm. and things like that they'll they're even familiar with so you know Lovos's work so okay. you know it's not just isolated to all, the world of autism right you know what I mean um, and that's what I was gonna say they use this in other you know developmental um, problems things like that it's not just with autism for sure so I mean you can literally do ABA with your dog Alex um, does it on me all the time yeah, I felt miserably with my dog, but... Um, but she's successful with me. I am. And that's all that matters. <laughs> you know, and I mean, I even have spoken to some friends that, you know, maybe were having some issues or challenges with their kids. Uh-huh. And it's funny, like, I'm like, I hear myself talk, Like, you know, instead of, you know, taking his iPad, iPad and his PlayStation away, do you ever think about, like, you know focusing on like okay you eat your vegetables and <laughs> you get a reward as opposed to like doing something wrong and punishing them exactly yeah you know the in the beginning ABA included punishments mm-hmm. um, but you know nowadays they totally you know they totally disagree with that they think it's completely wrong yeah. You know, in the beginning, that's... I mean, society was different in the 1960s, mm-hmm. so um, it doesn't necessarily really surprise me that much. Um, but the foundation of ABA is base, is basically rewarding and shaping... Good behavior. Good behaviors, good, good skill sets, mm-hmm. listening to directions, things like that. Mm-hmm. And now there's no punishment. It's just, like Sean said, you're reinforcing good behavior. Yeah. And you're ignoring bad behavior. 
Um, you know, and I, I do think that's how it should be. I don't think there should be any, any punishments, um, that I'm against, you know, I, I don't know. I don't really punish Grayson, I would say, you know, no, we don't punish him at all. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't consider certain things a punishment. I feel like sometimes there's certain it's things, things that we, we do, do in therapy. So like if he's upset over a song, for instance, and we need to take the iPad for a minute, like. But not just, like, upset over a song because, it, like, if he's upset, I can go into my phone and block it. And that's usually what I do so that I can avoid the behavior of taking it for no reason if I don't have. But if I see that he literally cannot calm himself down and he's starting to get to an overworked, overstimulated type of state, um, then, yes, I absolutely, most of the time he actually hands it to me. Most of the time I don't have to take it. He'll hand it to me, and I, and I don't give it back. He has to calm down before he gets the iPad back. Um, because the last thing you want is, like, let's say they don't have the iPad. They get upset because they want the iPad. The last thing that you should do is be like, okay, here, here, have the iPad. Don't, don't get upset. You need to wait until they calm down. So what we usually do and what is advised by our therapy team is as soon as he takes a breath of silence, say, good job calming down. Whether he's done crying or not, that breath of silence, as soon as he takes it, like, let's say he's like, wah, 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 and goes to take the breath to continue to cry, good job calming down, here's your iPad. And that's how you're going to want to do it. It's going to want to be instant so that he knows, oh, wait, I just stopped crying and I just got the item. Um, and that's the way you want to do it. Because if not, then you're just reinforcing that yeah. negative behavior, those tantrums, and then they know what works and they will continue to do it. And that was something we talked about actually today in ABA was Grayson's um, started to punch himself in the head now and he's strong. He's getting stronger and he's hitting himself hard and he's hitting himself in his um, mouth area, like his chin and his like lower gum area on his lip. Um, And, you know, we had said today in therapy when he's doing that, we're either going to a completely ignore it because usually it decreases because he'll know it's not working it might increase for a minute because he might try to really they might try to really get you kind of um like oh that's not working let me intensify it a little bit um but you know like i said to rbcba today there are times that i like yesterday for instance he had an issue sean had went out to take care of some errands and grayson got upset over a song and he got upset earlier but i was able to have him move on from it so I thought okay we can do this again and it's a song he really really likes but it was just this one part yesterday that was really aggravating him and I tried to get through it just the same way I did earlier and it was not working and he became severely overstimulated and overworked like he could not calm down he was crying so what I did he handed me the iPad I took the iPad I did not give it back to him yet because every time he even looked at the counter and saw it sitting there, he was then escalating even more. So I thought, I need to put this kind of out of sight, out of mind. That's what I did so I could just focus on him. And then that's when he had started hitting himself. So what I had initially done was I didn't say anything. I didn't look at him. I walked into the kitchen, and he was on the sofa literally five, six feet away from me. Um, And I did glance over kind of like out of the corner of my eye, and he was just sitting there he he decreased but he was watching me to see what my reaction was going to be and then I noticed after a few minutes he kind of got escalated again on his own without me changing anything 
And he started punching himself again hard, and I thought, okay, I need to go and stop him because he was repeatedly doing it to his mouth, and I was really afraid he was going to start bleeding and hurting himself. So I went over, and I kind of just tight-hugged him, and I was like, it's going to be okay. We're going to get through it, and that really helped him calm down, and that's the thing, you know, and I had said that to our BCBA sometimes you know your child, and I have practiced this with Grayson a few times, and it has been very successful to the point where it hasn't ruined things and that's why I continue to sometimes in those situations to kind of bring out the comfort part um of and comforting my child um I kind of you know sometimes need to be a mother like that and let my child know that he's safe and he's okay instead of just kind of walking away and ignoring so you can kind of feel that out but like I said I've done this uh, many times and it never has backfired so unless you're sure that you're you know just be careful trying something like that um, because you don't yeah. want them to do a thing they're going to get comforted all the time. I know when to walk away from Grayson. If Grayson pushes me away, I completely back off. I don't touch him. I back off completely. Um, so I can kind of feel him out. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I just kind of rubbed his back last night and just kind of reassured him and yeah. turned it around. So Yeah, you know, there's so many things <clears throat> that we talk about on this show, like where I really... You know, I really implore you guys to take a step back, you know, not in the given situation, but I mean, like, you know, when you have some time and, and, you know, to think and stuff like that, take a step back, really think about, like, that recent interaction you had that was a a challenge for the child and stuff like that, and try Mm -hmm. to, like, look at it from their perspective in terms mm-hmm. of what they're dealing with. Yeah, um, you have to. It's tough because, like, you know, they have all these sensory needs and uh, all this, you know, stimulation and, all, you know, all this de- deregulation and communication challenges and, you know, all, all these different things. So, you know, I, th- I think we talk about that a lot, but in terms of, like, you see a lot of parents get freaked out when they start to put in, like, uh, ABA principles where you ignore... Um, the negative, the bad behaviors. Um, and they get freaked out because, like Alex had said, what it's called is ex- is an extinction burst. Yes, we were just talking about that. Yeah, today. yeah. So, and the reason why that happens is because, like, in their mind, they're looking at it as, "That's weird." I used to cry when that happened before, and I got what I wanted. Why isn't that happening now? I guess I need to cry more, or I need to do something and escalate it more. Yeah. So it's, nine times out of ten, it's going to escalate before it gets better. And, you know, the trap for the parents is it's hard to deal with that escalation and not cape in. But you have to try to be strong, or else you're just going to keep going in a circle. Yeah. Um, And I want to say something with that, too, is that, you know, in the ABA world... You know, what I had said today, like, to our BCBA and stuff like that, in the ABA world, you don't usually, like, go in during a behavior. And that is why I said I've done this a few times and it has not backfired. And the reason that I started doing that was because when Grayson had got diagnosed at the age of two, I remember the doctor stating that he had a lot of anxiety. And I always thought, like, literally, the first time I tried you know, kind of comforting him and not walking away from him and trying to ignore the behavior. I remember distinctively, it was 
you know, right before we had started ABA, it was right when we were just kind of ending early intervention. We were kind of in the middle, and he wasn't working with early intervention anymore. So there was really no plan in place. Um, we were just kind of doing nothing. Um, so I thought, you know what? Let me try a different route. We've been trying to ignore it all this time in therapy, and that's what they've been teaching us. Let me try something different because right now he's not even in a program. There's nothing that I can mess up. And it was, I don't know, a month and a half before when, from the time he aged out to the time he started ABA therapy. And one day he had a behavior and I just went up to him and I said, you don't, you don't need to hit yourself. Like he was banging his head. I said, you don't need to do that. I'm right here. I can help you. Tell me what I can do to help you. And he just completely changed. And I just, you know, kept doing that. And I remember early intervention came in and was like, what changed? I was like, I started giving into the behavior. <laughs> and they were like, really? And I was like, yeah. And Grayson was not your typical case. So I think that's why I say if you're going to try that, you know, I don't recommend it. And your ABA team will definitely not recommend it. But if your child is something like is someone like Grayson, you know, and has severe anxiety, think about in those moments when that child is having that behavior, you know, I try to put myself in Grayson's shoes all the time, like Sean said, and think about how they feel. I think about it, and I'm like, gosh, you know, I wonder if his head hurts some days. Because he probably has so many things going on at one time. It has to be really hard for him. Um, and it has to be very overwhelming. So when that is going on, and a child is feeling like that, and then the parent who they look to for emotional support at that age is walking away from them, how do you think that feels? I mean, you know, we don't like it when somebody does it to us and we're adults and, you know, if we're neurotypical, we can't even sometimes handle that. We get either angry, upset, so how do we expect them to, especially in a state of mind like that, especially being four or five and not having any life experience or even knowing how to deal with their emotions or even knowing what they're feeling, how do you do that? So I really think it's a judgment call. Like, I, you know, I follow everything well, our team says, but there's certain things where I need to become a mother, too. Well, I mean, I could follow say, that role. I could say, like, you, you know, I would say, like, if you want to give it a try, give it a try. But I would say if, it, if things don't improve, mm-hmm. it, you know, set a time frame, a week, yeah. I wouldn't go much longer than two weeks doing it without waiting for an improvement. Yeah, and keep a log. Keep it <laughs> and then if there's know, no, data on it. And then there, if there's no improvement, you know, go back. Go exactly. to the other strategy because, you know, you don't want to waste no, too much time, time and reinforce too much. But You'll know pretty much right away. You'll see how the behavior changes. You'll know how it works. But, I, I mean, I get it. The whole concept behind ABA is, it hit, like, Lovos was able to prove that you were able to modify behavior much more consistently, rapidly, and effectively by reinforcing the positive behaviors than reinforcing or punishing negative behaviors. Mm -hmm. So the whole philosophy of ABA is based on reinforcers. And that's like one of the biggest things. You have to... You know, when you're working with a therapist, or even if you're doing therapy on your own, I mean, there's tons of educational platforms out there to learn to do it on your own if you have to or want to, Mm -hmm. or if that's the only way you can provide services. Reinforcers. Yeah. Your your child's reinforcers are 
one of the most important things, if not the most important thing. Because how do you do ABA when you when they they have you have nothing to enforce? You know, enforce. So, and that goes back to like the whole ABC data, yeah, and then, then like shaping behavior. So, and that was what was ABC hard for data. Grayson. What does ABC stand for? Antecedent behavior and uh, consequence. Okay, so antecedent is what happens. Before, before the immediately, behavior. Yeah, immediately before the behavior. The behavior mm-hmm. is obviously the, the behavior. behavior. And, and then what did you do to... Yeah. In, to in, what was the in, intervention? Like, what Like, what, what happened, happened immediately exactly. after the behavior? Yes. So, for instance... Um, he was watching a show on YouTube. Right? Behavior. He started having a meltdown. Antecedent. Took the iPad you know, walked away or comfort it and Yeah, so, so I mean, the important, what you're trying to look for when you're doing ABC data is, one, you want to see what, what caused that behavior. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the strategy is to limit the, the things that cause the behavior to begin with. Because you can start to see a pattern if you yeah. start taking data. Yeah. And then the other thing is, what is happening right after the behavior so like if they're throwing a temper tantrum and banging their head into the wall because you won't give them ice cream what are you doing are you giving them the ice cream right after that because by giving them the ice cream then you can you you will quickly realize that you're reinforcing them and every, every time, time they, they want be, it's like a dog anything they're it's, gonna bang it, their it's head. like a dog <laughs> You want the dog to do something good, you give it a treat when it does something good. You don't give it a treat when it does something bad. Not how our dog was. So, Every time our dog did something exactly, bad. I exactly. Was, I just told, so funny you brought that up. I just told our BCBA about that, about how I felt miserably with ABA with Savannah. And I said she took toys and I gave her a treat. And she went, she kind of like just laughed. And I said, I wasn't reaching in her mouth and getting bit. You know, that's how I got it. And it worked. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah ABA has kind of, developed into um you know there's a number of different like forms of ABA and techniques and things like that um so some of them are DTT uh which is discrete trial trial training pivotal response training or PRT behavior modification uh then you have actually PECS is a big part of ABA picture exchange communication system um, functional analysis, differential reinforcement, behavior mat, uh, mapping, sensory strategies. That one's kind of controversial. Um, not everybody agrees with the set that, you know, not every BCBA believes in managing the sensory component of things. That's kind of uh, different. And then you have advanced play skills as well. Some other ones are early intensive behavior intervention, early start um, models, natural environment training, comprehensive ABA therapy, and focused ABA therapy. So there are many different kinds out there. Um, You know, when we started, we pretty much just researched ABA therapy companies and just general, like you don't need to sit there and, you know, type in, you know, Focused ABA therapy. Do you well, know what I mean? Yeah, Just I mean, look for ABA therapists. The ABA therapists, a lot of them do different types of Exactly, therapies. exactly. So you don't need to, like, start... And no, you don't need to make a decision right now and, you know, think to yourself, like, oh, my God, which one do I need? 
You just need ABA. That's it. Yeah, and they know, like, these BCBAs are pretty educated, pretty experienced. Yes. I mean, ours is phenomenal. She's we haven't the best. With, we've only worked with two, so it's not like we have... She's fantastic. ...crazy experience with different ones. But I can say, like, their education process and certification process is not like just a piece of cake. It's not, no. So... Like, they do have a lot of knowledge, and they yeah. do have to do practical time, so there is experience in there for all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I feel like the strategies and the different techniques they use, you know, can change based on the, the case that they're dealing with and the situation. You know, like, when we first started ABA, we didn't do any discrete trial training. Yeah. Now we've been doing a lot more discrete trousering. Yes. But that's not all we do. He does other stuff. He no, does and play that was because stuff. in the beginning he couldn't you know, handle demands and we does, couldn't do programs yet. Yeah, he does sensory stuff too. With too and many behaviors at that time. Things like that. So He does so much now. It's not just one strategy that he uses. No, and it's incredible just you know. how much, coming from where he came from, because he had a really, really hard start to therapy and early intervention. Um, like I said, he couldn't handle demands. He had severe head banging. Um, he would escape all of session. I mean, I remember one day she was like, he had 35 head bangs a session in a two hour session. And I was like, oh my God. Like, he, there was no demands placed. There was no trials being done. There was no programs at all. And now the whole entire session is full of programs. Um, and he does really, really well. And as from an academic standpoint, they're not worried about Grayson at all. It's the focus and the behavior and things like that. And and let me just say, like, Grayson, yeah, he has his challenging behaviors, but, like, I don't want, like, the way we're saying, like, oh, his behavior and he's headbanging, he's punching himself. He is honestly an angel. He is such a well-behaved child. Like, it, it's just, it's incredible. He cleans up. I mean, today he ran out and was, like, cleaning up the living room at 730 in the morning, like, putting things away that we left out, like... It's, it's, I'm like, this is my child. And he's cleaning up after his mother and his father. Like, and we don't even ask him to do that. It's because he kind of has OCD. You know what I mean? So, I mean, but other, like, he really does nothing wrong. He doesn't touch our things. He doesn't break our things. I mean, he has never broken really anything we own. Our dog has, but not him. You know, we didn't really childproof and things like that. So he's been great, but he does have those challenging behaviors and that probably will always follow him and that's why it's so important at a young age that you guys you know really try your hardest not to reinforce the negative behaviors as hard as it is going to be um you're going to be providing the best outcome for them in the long run so you know aba it 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 can do like we said it can do wonders and but it's not for everybody um, some parents really do struggle with it. And I, I, I can understand that. I remember sometimes we would be sitting there and I would be in tears, right? Yeah. Because he would turn around, Grayson, and he would look at me and be like, Mom. And I couldn't go over there. And I couldn't help him. I couldn't save him. But those are the things that we have to do as a parent to do the best thing for our child. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things to, about having a child with autism that are challenging and hard mm-hmm. um, I mean even you know any parent has their own challenges oh yeah um, you know I'm not trying you know one thing you know I just thought about just now saying that I don't want 
parents of neurotypical kids to think like they don't have challenges to deal with. You know what I mean? They do. They have their own mm-hmm. unique challenges to deal with. It's just some of the ones that parents with children with ASD are dealing with are just very acute and unique. So, um, and with la- you know, a lack of communication from some, some of these children, it's very hard to try to work with them. So, you know, I don't want parents of, you know, neurotypical children to think like they're not, they don't have their own challenges because they do. But, um, you know, you know, unfortunately being a parent is one of the hardest jobs that any of us will ever have. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it really takes a balance of love and tough love and a combination of them and unconditional love, you know, (laughs) and, you know, acceptance of the fact that, you know, you know, so things like your child's not your, you know, they're not your, 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 your best friend, they're your child, and you have to be a parent to them, and, you know, sometimes that, that could be really hard, like Alex said, so, um, but it's something like, and that at the same time, I think you it's want an them important to be, lesson to learn, though, at the same time. Yeah, so. yeah, and you want them to be comfortable with you enough that, you know, they can come to you emotionally and talk to you and so, things like that. So it's definitely, there is a fine line there. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, one of the biggest factors that goes into the success of an ABA program um, is uh, time and frequency. So, like, the sooner you get services, so the earlier your child is that you seek out and receive services, and the more hours of service you do, is more likely than not going to increase the likelihood of a po- more positive outcome um, and overcoming more of the challenges right. uh, long term. Um, think, I mean, thinking about this, like, let's say, like, your child was able to progress 50% um, as much as a neurotypical child year over year. Mm-hmm. You know, so, like, after kindergarten your child has learned 50%, whereas a typical child has learned 100%. Right. Then you go to the next year. They've learned another 100%, which is 200%. Your child learned 50 and 50, so they're only at 100. The more time that goes by, the more behind they're going to get. Mm-hmm. Which means that not only do they have to absorb, learn, and all that stuff, as much information as you know, a neurotypical child does in a year, but they also have to make up for all of the stuff that they were behind in order to catch up to be, you know, what you would call neurotypical or equal, Mm -hmm. you know, intellectual level to, you know, the typical child of their age. Right. Their age range. Right. So the sooner you can get services, the better. The more hours you can get, the better. And the more hours thing... some of that also has to do with the fact that the younger your child is, the more hours your insurance company, if they offer ABA mm-hmm. coverage, the more hours they will approve you for because the early, the younger they are, the way the insurance company looks at it at is the more likely they are to have a, uh, more of a recovery right, or make more progress. Whereas the older the child gets... The, the, the more deficiencies they have, they look at it as, oh, like this child 
it's not possible for this child to catch up right. because they're already way too far behind. Right. It might take them 30 years. And habits are so, set, and once that starts happening, it's very hard to break. Yeah. So, you know, I always implore you to try to take, take the hours, you know, as many as the hours as you can get as they're available, as they offer them to you. Yeah, I mean, 40 sometimes um, is offered. 40 is a lot. but 40 was way too much for but us, But also, too. like, don't just jump right into, like, exactly. 40 or even right. 20. Like, start with, you know, You want to ease hours, into you know, the, it. Yeah. Because I mean, I mean, it's hard for anybody to go from not working to having a forty-hour week full-time. We job, started with an hour, let alone two. a kid, let alone a three-year-old going into forty hours a week of ABA yeah. from doing nothing. Yeah, no, so, no, no. It's yeah, too much. we started with one hour, then two. Now we're up to three. So. Yeah, in a, yeah, three in a sitting. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean. What else do you have there? I mean, anything in particular? No, I think that's it. Like I said, I think ABA can do wonders. Um, ABA, you know, it's not just great with therapy. I just want to make these couple points um, to end you guys with this. Leave you guys with this, sorry. Um, it can increase language, communication, focus, memory. You're working on all of these things, and it will decrease problem behaviors. That one thing, I can prom- I can almost promise you guys. Because... If you have a good therapist and you have a good team, then everything will kind of, you know, get better, I want to say. Um, and those problem behaviors will absolutely get better. So, you know, give it a try. Like I said, it's not for everybody. Do your research. Make sure you're looking for a good company. Read reviews. Talk to other parents. Um, things like that. So... But and check out our episode. We actually have an episode on, you know, how to um, look for good provider, mm-hmm. good therapist, what to look for, and things like that. So check out that episode. That's always helpful if you're looking for uh, an ABA, ABA therapist and what to look for. Yeah. 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 So we appreciate you guys tuning in. Again, you can find us on Facebook under Building the Puzzle and on Instagram and buildingthepuzzle.com. We hope that you guys have a wonderful day today. Yeah, take care, guys. We'll see you next time. For Autism, Building Building the the Puzzle, one piece at a time. I'm Sean. And I'm Alex. Signing off. Take care, everybody. building the puzzle we understand how difficult and challenging it can be for parents with autistic children that have communication delays well if you're in new jersey you're in luck the speech paradigm has you covered they're helping children overcome speech challenges all across new jersey they offer both telehealth services as well as in-home therapy please reach out to them you can uh, take a look on their website at www.thespeechparadigm.com could reach out by phone at 732-203-5268. You can also find them both on Facebook and Instagram as well at The Speech Paradigm. We are also sponsored by Grayson and Company, uh, making homemade toys. They have everything from wooden homemade toys to sensory bins, sensory boards, all different kinds of toys for your children. Uh, they can be reached at Grayson-Company dot myshopify.com as well as on facebook and instagram as well as etsy on etsy they can be found at grayson and company toys